I want the the little love logo as as known and iconic as the Nike swoosh and live through love to be on the same level as just do it. People just say, hey, just do it like Nike. They're going to be like, live through love like Ruben. Like that to me is like, okay, now it's really creating impact. That's action. That's a way of life. That's something people are getting behind. Uh, and that's it's beyond me. It's gotten way bigger than me at that point. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Today's guest is an incredible LA-based artist whose tagline is live through love. Ruben Rojas creates murals, sculptures, prints, apparel, and more all centered around the energy of love. His artwork is filled with bright, beautiful colors with uplifting messages, which are sure to bring a smile to your face. Ruben wasn't always creating art for a living. Just a few years ago, he worked in finance, but left that world behind to follow his passion and he's never looked back. It's amazing to chat with another male who is helping push stigmas aside and centering his life around the power of love. Ruben Rojas, welcome to the podcast, my man. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me, Justin. Yes. Ruben is an awesome artist who I just recently uh, came across. His artwork is embraces love, is super colorful and vibrant. And uh, it makes me so happy just even seeing the artwork. Uh, we're going to get into this later, but we'll definitely be encouraging you to check out Ruben online on Instagram because this stuff just makes you feel so good. And it's surrounded by love. Like who doesn't want that more? Um, so Ruben, my man, you are based in LA, correct? That's correct. Sunny right. LA. Yes. And then so how long, just in general, have you not even like the love, how long have you been doing art for? Yeah, I've been doing art my whole life. As a kid, I would doodle. I just remember always creating and anything, anything creative. It didn't matter. I've, I've seen photography and videos and this and that and the other, even way before social media, oil painting. But no one says, go be an artist. <laughs> 
And then I guess so just like walk me through a little bit of just like your journey uh, to getting here. It's like, were you always a self-sustainable artist? Was it something that, you, you know, you had a other, you had a regular job first and then you had to, then you followed your passion or just kind of what, what was the, what's the story of you in getting here? Yeah. Well, I took the scenic route. Um, really long road, lots of forks where I finally, you know, ended up with where I am and what I'm doing now. But I went to school with the intention of becoming an orthopedic surgeon. So I was a three sport athlete. So that was naturally like, oh yeah, I want to work with athletes. I love biology, anatomy, physiology. And people tell you, go become a doctor, go become a, a finance guy, a banker, right. you know, those kinds of things. So obviously I went down that path. And I ended up not going to medical school and a friend said, Hey, come try out loans. And I ended up in real estate. Um, so early, early two thousands, I was in real estate and, you know, I was killing it really quickly. I mean, you could print money back then. It was ridiculous. It was obscene. And to keep it short in 2008, that hit most people lost a lot of money. I was one of them. You know, I went bankrupt had to get rid of everything for the next year. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? Like I'm at the lowest low. I'm trying to figure it all out. Everything's no longer have credit cards, no longer have things like I'm at the bottom of the barrel. I end up going into finance, another difficult career that is again, self-employed commission only. And I start doing well, you know, five years into that. I'm like, wow, I'm on the same path where I'm my carrot is money. And because of what I learned by losing it all, I'm like, wait a minute, there's more to life than just money and things and rims and watches and all of that. Like that didn't make me whole after I lost it. I realized it. And I started questioning that. And I was waking up depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I'm like, I don't feel worthy. Like, and why am I feeling this? I'm healthy. I'm successful. You know, there's nothing going against me that should make me feel this way. But it really came down to purpose and what I was doing with my life. And I ended up going to a workshop, doing some work on myself, emotional intelligence, things like that. And in that workshop, I met a buddy who saw me doodling. And I was doodling the design for our graduating class hoodie, because that's kind of like our team uniform. Like we all went through this thing. We all wear the hoodie. And he's like, we got to get that on the wall. That was the first mural. And that's what started spinning the wheels. <laughs> what a journey you literally just went through that just transformed who you are as like a person. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Fundamentally. Yeah. I'm I'm so grateful for you having that experience and realizing, like you said, that the money didn't make you whole after losing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's it's just it's really kind of cool that the experiences that we have in life really will guide us and, and show us to sometimes, hopefully, mostly to our soul's purpose, right? Because you had to crush it in real estate and then go bankrupt, right? Then you had to start, you know, killing it in finance. And then I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful that you had the awareness that you brought that back to yourself. And you're like, what am I doing? But then again, that was always predicated on your experience in real estate. Right. It's like yeah. without that, you don't have the the knowledge doing finance of like, what am I doing here? Right. It's like the same thing all over again. And honestly, man, it's good that you were just aware of yourself and aware that you were feeling depressed and low and just not feeling good. 
and it's cool that you did work in order to understand why you were feeling that way. Yeah. All right. And like, thank God for you doing that work because that opened everything for you. But who knows where I would be, right? Yeah. It's a whole new world, especially when you, you know, if you listen, the paths are all there and it, it could be bumpy. It could be up, it could be down, but it's all there. Mm. If, if you really start digging in and listening, whatever that path may be. But to go back to the other part of your question, I was still for the next few years, financial advisor and like, what is it like to be an artist? How can I feed myself? How can I pay the bills? Like those are the doubtful questions now. How do I make a business out of this? How can I ever provide for a family? And I had to figure that out for the next couple of years until finally the day is like, I'm done. I didn't go to the office anymore. I was just all art, all artist. And can I ask at that point where you stopped having your finance job, were you, did you feel like you were financially stable in art at that point or were you still on the path of getting there? Financially stable. I mean, that's a... <laughs> You know, that's a statement. No, I was not. What I wanted to realize in that half in, half out moment of trying to figure this out, when am I going to take the leap of faith is, can I do it? And I know I've been successful in every adventure, venture that I've done in my life, whether it was personal training, real estate, or finance. But I just had to realize, is there money to be made here? Because keeping a roof over your head is a real thing. And eating is a real thing. And life is a real thing. So did it have to be at the level of those others? No, I just wanted to be like, dude, I'm happy. I'm comfortable. You know, can I raise a family? And the answer was, yes, I can make some money. So let's figure this out. And that was it. I just had to know that I can count on myself to make a little something to be okay. <laughs> and can you, can you talk a little bit about that experience and leaving your finance job and taking that huge leap into your passion? So it's not easy. You know, people ask me, well, I've got this side gig. So should I just do what you did and go and do it? I'm like, no, because I actually had a little bit of a plan here and a little foresight because I, what I didn't want to do was go back to what I was doing. Right. Right. There's a formula in, in finance. There's a formula to that business. I know I could succeed in it and then I could sacrifice happiness and all that. And I, I didn't want to do that. That was not even an option. So it's just realizing, can I make a living here? Can I repeat it? Can I move forward? Can I evolve? Can I really create something out of this? And that was the question that I needed to answer. And once I answered it, it helped, you know, push all that doubt away and be like, Ruben, you've done this. Like, and by done this, I mean, you've been able to succeed just by counting on yourself. Mm -hmm. So why am I doubting myself? And once I answered that, I'm like, let's just go do it. Good for you. Because it's tough. It's, oh, yeah. Right? I mean, literally, I'll, I'm experiencing that right now. You know what I mean? I have my job. Spread Love Movement is my entire life and my soul's purpose and just all I want to do. And uh, I have those conversations with myself too. I'm like, Ruben, I know this is going to take me to a place far beyond where any other, any other job could possibly take me. Mm -hmm. Um one in my fulfillment, that's like the most important thing for me is just doing something that brings me joy and happiness and fulfillment and love every single day. Yeah. Right. And I know that that, that I know that this is that. 
but it's, you know, it is, it's challenging to, to make money, um, in the beginning. And as time keeps going on, I'm figuring it out and it's kind of unraveling and ways to do that. And it's really, I, uh, I'm like tiptoeing on, on the edge of like leaving my job, <laughs> but it's just, it's hard. It just is, it's and yeah. like what, right. And it's like, I, I have confidence in myself. I know this is the path, but like, what is keeping me here? Is it, it's like safety. It's fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I never want to make decisions based on fear. And I know that's what I'm doing right now. But like you said, it's like, you got to provide, you have to, you need a house, you need food. And, when you even in a moment think that, okay, by taking this jump, it may take away those just necessities of life. It does make it a little bit scary for sure. Um, It does. It does. And those questions are very real and you should definitely tap into and listen to it. But at the same time, we, if we start looking at what is a must have, you know, and what is, I could live with that until we get back to it again. And as long as your must haves are kind of taken care of, you know, and then obviously your, your, your influence, your circle of friends, your family, your relationship, whatever's there to also support that, you know, to help guide you. But I know the struggle. I could definitely see that this is what fulfills you. And I know that struggle and it's, it's never the right time until you make it the right time. That's right. And then can I ask, did you literally just like, I I know you said obviously there was some planning going into this, but the actual decision to leave that job, was it like in a moment and then like the next day or how did that, how did that play out? So slowly I was what I like to say self-sabotaging because if I knew I, if I kept just crushing it, it gets really hard to leave. Like, I'm like, really benefits, retirement. You start looking at the whole thing. It gets really hard to leave. Renewals and and all that kind of stuff that comes in where you create steadiness in this business. So I I started self-sabotaging because, A, I didn't want to go get out of bed already and go to work. So that wasn't that hard to not listen to that voice. But it's like taking on less clients, going to less meetings, less networking, less talking about what I was doing and only talking about, hey, just look at these murals I just painted. Hey, look at this thing that I'm doing. And like, that's what excited me. Plus my clients are like, you need to do that. Like, why are you, we'll be fine. (laughs) Ultimately what kept me there is I'm just so loyal to people that I'm like, oh, I signed up my clients. Like I got to keep my clients. I got to be there for them. I was going to be there for, I don't want to feel like I'm abandoning them. Those were the last conversations that I had to deal with but the majority of them are like go you need to do that and it was once I you know came to be with all of that it was like all right I'm not going in anymore and one day became two became three became four became yeah I just didn't go back I still have stuff in the office like I have tax returns there there's stuff in some filing cabinet somewhere like I just didn't get the stuff I didn't need it anymore Mm -hmm. how long ago was this uh, 2018, 2017, 2018. That was yeah. like the transitioning year. Yeah. The first mural I painted was 2014. Started in 2013, finished in 2014. Got it. So there was a lot of half in, half out. It didn't just happen like, oh, it was a couple of years for the process. Yeah. And honestly, that is, uh, and th- on, just like, thank you for the vulnerability, right? Um, and just being honest and being like, yo, this took some time. It's all right. It's totally fine that it did. You know what I mean? And by you just being truthful to who you are, it's like inspiring me right now. And it's going to inspire other people 
because there's something in that story of a little bit of struggle and a little bit of self-doubt and one fit in, one fit out, because that is more relatable to people. You know what I mean? I think that just touches the mm -hmm. soul a little bit more uh, with other people. And now that you have made this jump, have you ever looked back? Not once. Not a <laughs> single day. I wouldn't do it any differently. Uh, and can I ask you just really honestly, um, in terms of financially with your artwork, are you in a place right now that you feel good? Yes. Good. Yes, I, I am good. Um, we're comfortable, very blessed. You know, we do I want to be somewhere else? Of course, obviously, I'm consistently working to get to new levels. But I'm I every day I get to play every day. Right? I do what I love. So yes. Yes, good for you. It's so awesome. And um, as soon as you I guess with the murals that you were painting, was it right off the bat? the whole aesthetic and the idea of love or was it something different and then it eventually morphed into, into what it is now? So it was right out the gate. I remember a couple years in, I was talking to a friend at the time and she had her style and I'm like, what is my style? I don't feel like I have a style. And she mm -hmm. kind of pulls up all my murals and she's like, look, you do have a style. You have a message. Like you have something. I didn't even realize it, but from the, First, first, first mural. You know, now it's it's really simplified as live through love. But the first, first, first mural, it was all about those questions. And, and I painted, who will you be on the top left? Question mark. Mm -hmm. The whole right side of the mural was all these ways of being. Worthy, responsible, leader, love, joy, gratitude, you name it all those words and what i was asking myself at the time is like will i be this, this depressed unworthy you know unsuccessful feeling advisor at the time and or can i do something about it right and uh you know it was a talking about we either operate out of love or we operate out of fear and that question of who will i be out of fears i'm unworthy i'm a victim this is just the way it's got to be. I have to sacrifice. I have to, and I'm, I'm like, that's, that didn't sit well. So if I look at it through love is, you know, I am worthy and I could take responsibility for my life and I can choose love and it's not easy. And I can move forward and start addressing some of these things proactively versus reacting to my life. Mm. And that was the first mural. And there's a silhouette of me with my arms up and it's about the giving and receiving. You know, and that was that was the first mural. I could send you a photo of that. And then the next mural was anything can happen, anything can be, then you are beautiful, then goals and dreams, and so on and so forth. And then I look back now and it was always connected from day one. So cool. I would love that to see that picture of that first mural. And um I'm I'm wondering too, you said and you mentioned when you were a kid, right? You were always doodling and you were always drawing. As you went into your teens and 20s and as you became like a man, before you actually shifted over into doing this full time, were you constantly drawing things and, and doing and doing artwork throughout that, literally throughout your whole life? Yes. Yeah. So as a kid growing up, like my mom stuck my brother and I in oil painting. So I have no formal art training, whatever we did in school 
or weekend two-day courses of oil painting for two days, drawing and doodling and charcoal and wood whittling and robot class, whatever it was. So we were always creating. But if you look at my notes in school, all the border of the notes was just drawings and doodles of all kinds of things, lowrider cars, words. I've always been into words. So tons of words, you know, more as a kid, it was more graffiti style. Or if I just sat down and drew in my big books, it'd be like Ninja Turtles, comic book covers, really a whole different style. Like I would recreate these comic book covers. Um, So it was always a part of me, but yeah, it's it's completely different now. I mean, now it is me, but. Right, right. It, It always has been you. And I, how you mentioned before, it's like no one tells you to go be an artist right? Mm-hmm. They tell you to go be in real estate or go be in finance. It's like, no, that's so true. No one really ever tells you to go do that. So in like almost, and I, I totally get this and almost like listening to society, it kind of like suppresses our dreams and our hopes. Cause we're like, well, I know I can make money in real estate. Mm, I can I really make money in art? And no one's really encouraging me to do art because that's kind of the mm-hmm. stigma of it that you can't really, you know, make money or live off of it. And I just, I'm again, I mean, it's, it's just so amazing that you came back. You know what I mean? You took the journey and it brought you right back around to who you truly are. And then you were able to just be your truest self. And now look what's come from it and look what's manifested. So cool. Yeah. The scenic route <laughs> going yeah. right back to what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I love the scenic route. I really do. It, it really, it, honestly, it's, uh, it really is. It, again, it just makes everything so much more real and so much more inspirational in my mind. Um, and uh, how do you now, you know, being surrounded by love, right? Like, because I'm surrounded now by love all the time, just in, you know, what we're doing. How do you feel like that has impacted your life or, or changed you um, just being, you know, in that presence and energy all the time? A couple of ways. Um, constantly being in it and being surrounded by it. I've always been very optimistic and very much a dreamer. Um I don't look at the doom and gloom of things, but it's just reinforced all of that. You know, you turn on the TV, what are you seeing? Like right now, I'm angry, but I'm trying not to be angry with what's going on across the world, right? How this evacuation's happening or the fire, different things. There's just things everywhere. I walk from my home. I live in Santa Monica. And I'm walking down the street in Venice and you see homelessness everywhere. It's just, there's so many things happening and I'm a little bit angry because I'm like, what can I do about it? But at the same time, if I choose love, then you're, you're being more active. Let me take responsibility for what I can do and consistently move forward. And that is showing my work and doing my work and taking it one st- small step at a time. So it, it has allowed me to shift out of those funks, shift out of those depressive ways of thoughts, shift out of fear much quicker because I see it more and I know what it feels like to like be in service and push love yeah. <laughs> for a lack of a better word. Wow. How beautiful is that? It helps remove you out of those pockets of fear or negativity. Like that's one of the, I don't know, to me, that's like one of the best things that can happen. Right. Because it's like, it's the fear and those things that create our unhappiness and our sadness and our anxiety and our fear and depression and all those things. So as just a being, if you're able to shift away from that, mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, one of the, one of the coolest things ever. And it is love that does that. 
And it's like the message that I mean, both of us are trying to get out to the world. It's like love literally is the answer to everything. Yes. It just always is when you can have a situation and instead of being right, being angry at it, because when you're angry at something, it does nothing good at all. It brings down your vibration. It makes you feel like shit. It literally mm -hmm. does nothing good. It kind of takes you even out of the creative or problem solving um, area of your mind, right? Where in like anger, it's more, again, you're kind of, um, you're in survival, like fear mode. And when you're in that space, it's really hard to actually be deliberate and create any change. So when we actually move ourselves out of that. And instead of feeling that low vibration energy, we're able to feel more love and more kindness and joy for a situation. It's like, to me, that's literally everything as a human being. It's like, we just want to be as happy and joy filled as possible as much as we mm -hmm. can. So when we're able to find ways in order to get us to that place more often than not, it's when our lives can literally change. And then when our oh. own... Right. And then when our own lives are changing, we're energy. So we're, that energy is being pushed out. It's hitting this person and then again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And it just continues to go. So it's like, it's not even only good for ourselves, it's good for the planet and the people who are surrounding us. Oh, yeah. It's contagious. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's contagious. Um, and just to dive into that a little bit, yeah. we physically react to love and fear the same way. How we think about it logically is different, but we physically react the same way. So like, remember the first time you went to kiss your partner? What did you physically feel? I definitely felt nervous and a little bit scared probably of rejection, but then also I felt like a lot of love and excitement. Just a mix of things. Now, let's imagine like a time you were afraid, like maybe you were about to get punched or... You almost got hit by a car. What did you physically feel? Physically, I feel like I, I feel like a shake in my body. I don't know. I feel like um, like a, a tenseness and just like an unsettling in my body. Mm -hmm. So, what's a tie there? Elevated heart rate, heavy yeah. breathing, shortness of breath, tense on both things. Yes. So we physically react to it. I thought. I learned that and I thought it was one of the coolest things ever that then it's how we're thinking about it and how we're applying it. Damn. Right. You're so right. Physically, our hearts race. We definitely breathe. Yeah. In both situations, we breathe super heavy. There might be Get like tense, a yeah. sweat, sweat. There's like a shake in both situations. Yeah. There's like a shake in my body. Oh my God. Wow. How did you, who told you that? How did you discover that? <laughs> uh, just having conversations with people. I don't, yes. I don't remember where that one came from, but be, because I studied the human body, I have a degree in exercise science. Like it just made more and more and more sense to me. And that's a really good way to, to connect with love and fear and be like, what am I feeling right now? Where is it coming from? And you're reacting. They're both reactions, but love is a proactive state. Like you're going in for that kiss. In the other sense, you're running away from the fight, but we're feeling the same way. So, Wow, man, I never thought about it like that at all. Yeah. So cool. And like, that's the thing. When you are in the energy of love constantly or more, oft more often than not, you attract those things to you, right? So you can attract mm -hmm. that sort of an understanding to you because when that's who you are, 
the law of attraction. You're just going to attract more of that to you more and more. And dude, it, it's wild. Since starting Spread Love Movement, I literally am just in the energy of love all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, of course I have my down days and down, well, I don't even want to say down days, but like down moments, mm -hmm. um, you know, where I'm not feeling love, of course. But just in residing in this, and I can imagine it's literally like the same exact thing for you, but even you more because you're like, you're actually physically out there with people and in that energy. And it's just, wow, the more you surround yourself with that, the more you're just going to keep attracting that to yourself. And it has been life-changing to just constantly be in the energy of love. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's not anything I expected in doing this. My whole thing was like, let me just like put some love out there to the world, right? Let me get it out to other people. <laughs> I didn't really even consider it, you know, coming right back to me just as fast, if not faster and more yeah. intense even. Yeah. And then there's the, there's the thought also of like, love is foo-foo, it's rainbow, it's unicorns, it's cupcakes. And like, there is that, right? Google love shirts and you see a lot of that stuff. But like, I like to say like the way I'm doing it is like, I'm making love cool and edgy and using my art for this and pushing culture with it so that men can get behind it. Young men could get behind it. And people could be like, yo, this is awesome. Let me come from this space. You know, how can we expand this way bigger, bring it into sports and athletics, places where at the end of the day, you know, men have to be the ones that really change the world because for lack of a better, we kind of created the world the way it is, right? You know, we've got to listen to women, the intuition they have, the spaces they already come from. It's up to us to help curb the abuse, um, all those negative things that are happening. I don't want to get specific, but we all know. Mm. Um, and if we can start doing that and we can't embrace it, more people like you, like me, embracing love and, and moving it forward and standing up for it. And like, whoa, those are like, those are guys doing this and moving it forward. So I think that's important to acknowledge. Hell yeah, buddy. That's something I think about all the time, right? Because men aren't known for being loving and compassionate and empathetic and all these things of love. It's just, we're not associated with that at all. And every time I go out or do anything, I'm like, okay, let me be like, like you, like, let me be like a representation. Let me be like cool love and fun love and, and love that doesn't get walked all over. Like I can be kind mm -hmm. and compassionate and stand up for myself. Oh yeah. Right. And it doesn't mean I'm not kind and compassionate by standing up for myself. I'm showing love for myself. And in a moment, that doesn't mean I'm going to scream back at the person, but I can come back to them with, with honesty and like with love and with a calm sense of being. And mm -hmm. that is love. And that's why like love is, isn't like this, this, uh, the rainbows and unicorns thing. It's like, love is hard. Oh yeah. Right. It's easy to hate people. It's easy to be angry and to be negative. I used to be totally angry and a temper all the time. That was easy. It's like to actually be calm in a moment and someone who just, did something rude or mean to you to come back to them at them with love is, is empowering. Mm -hmm. It's, it's difficult. And that's the thing, the, the whole idea of like love is a weakness. Kindness is a weakness. Like just doesn't make any sense at all. No. Right. It's like whoever started that had some idea or some agenda that they pushed out to the world and uh, we bought it. We really bit hard into that. But it's just, yeah. right? And I, 
like I, I know it so well because I used to have such a temper. I used to get so angry and I know how easy that, that didn't take any work at all. No, super easy. It's like, boom, let's go. Yeah, you cut yeah. me off on the road. You're like, bam, double bird, like honking. <laughs> and then like, and I, we're human we still get upset, of course, but it's having the tools now to like, hold on, give me a moment. You know, I hope they get there safe. They're probably in a rush. They didn't cut me off on purpose. And that's it. But like to think that past seeing red, <laughs> it takes work. It takes right. work, you know? Yep, so, you totally. <laughs> and something I'm, I'm working on every single day is when someone is rude, rude or mean or super negative to me or even to somebody else, it's really easy to like F this person. They're a piece of shit. You're the worst. You don't deserve love. That is so easy to think that way. Mm-hmm. But instead, to have a moment and to be calm and to be like, hey, like, what is this person going through? Mm-hmm. There must be something happening in their life that's putting them in this low place. Because if they are feeling great and full of happiness and joy, there's no way they would have just acted the way that they did. Right? So finding empathy for that person instead of finding anger or resentment yeah. towards them. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's hard. But it's like so worth Super it. Super hard. Right, but we live in like such a such a more place of peace when we're actually able to do that. When I had my temper and I blew up on people, like that didn't feel good for me. I didn't mm-hmm. feel great. That felt like the worst. It was just immense regret and just such negative emotions. That was the worst. And just working on ourselves a little bit and coming from a place of love more, and now it feels so much better. Yeah, it's. It's really the it's it's the best, and I know I love, and that's why honestly, someone like you too, who's artistic, who's got like a nice style, who puts out this awesome artwork, who is a man writing love everywhere, is so important for this shift as the human race, just to embrace love and kindness and all those positive emotions much more. And it's like setting the example that like, hey men, we can do this too. Hey guys out there, we don't need to be so tough and egotistical and angry. Like we're able to show love and again, still stand on our own two feet and still be badasses. Oh yeah. Right. It's exciting. You can still puff your chest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Ruben, something too, I wanted to ask you, I saw on your, um, on your site, you, uh, there was a, a part on your link tree that said that you are teaching your son to live through love. So first mm-hmm. off, man, so cool, like passing this right down to your son. Um, how are you helping and teaching your son uh, to live through love? So it, it's, it starts in the home. And that is my wife and I working on being our best selves in our relationship. Because we can say things all day long, but unless he's going to see majority of what we're doing, he's seeing it and absorbing it now. He's seeing and absorbing our energy. So the better we communicate, the better we address these things we just talked about, we can easily snap for one little thing that's just frivolous and meaningless or be like, wait, let me take a moment. What am I feeling? How do we address this? Cool. Got it. Thanks, babe. We're on the same page. And he's going to see how do you treat a woman? How do you treat a man? How do you treat a partnership? That's really the the root of what we're trying to do on how we're going to teach him to live through love and be his best self. Cause 
ultimately he has to choose it and he gets to choose it. He's his life. He's his own soul. He's got his own journey. And we're here to just, you know, be the captains of that ship and guide him as best as possible. And then obviously continue to show my work and do my work and live by example. I'm a big by example person. So that's it in a nutshell. That's, that's as simple as it gets. That was awesome. And that's uh, that was like the, the most beautiful response. It's like you guys in your actions are showing him love, right? You're not even like telling him like, this is how you have to be and then acting in another way. Mm-hmm. Right? And I couldn't believe in that more. Lead by example. It's like, right, if we want to create change in the world like we do, we have to lead by example and be the best versions of ourselves all the time. It's not telling people hey, you got to do it this way. And whether we do it or not in our own actions, it's not about that. It's about doing it right. And your son's going to see you guys and be like, wow, like that's how you treat a woman with that mm -hmm. sort of love and respect. Cool. And it's like, oh, dad, why? You didn't just blow up on that person. Like you came through with love. And that is so powerful as opposed to just like telling him how he's supposed to be or how he's supposed to act. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Ruben, do you, do you feel like this version of yourself, you know, this love-filled version, was that always there in you? Was this always who you who you were, or was it through all this transformation and through this journey that helped get you to this place? A little bit of everything, you know. It's always been there. There's things that stifle you at some point, mm. good, bad, or the other. Um, you know, whatever happens growing up, childhood, your home, school, whatever you've been in, coaches, teachers, you know, all that, we're the sum of all those experiences. And, you know, there, there is a point where I think all of that was kind of squished out of me and I had to go through some other battles to find it again. And an example of that is like, before I really did the emotional intelligence work. Now it's a big buzzword. I mean, I'm talking 2013. Back then it wasn't like out there. It's like, what are you doing? You know, um, that's like, uh, yeah, that's weird. Anyway, but I used to write blog posts and things about like life is now. It's never the right time until you make it the right time. Like very positive, like grab life by the horns. But then somehow something changed, you know, probably when, when I was only really in my early 20s, real estate and money success we're wired or shown a lot in this country that you're measured by what you have and can show off you know and as already i'm a colombian we're already ostentatious so i love big rims and watching you name all those things i'm far from that now but you know jay-z has a line i'm gonna mess it up right now but it's like you don't need he, he was talking about the rims on the car like when you know you don't need the rims anymore you've made it basically uh-huh forgot the line too bad for the moment. But <laughs> when you don't need that, you start realizing all these other things. And then I started finding that again and going back to that. So I think it's already always innately in us for the most part, you know? And then we just got to continue to work on it, nurture it, and move it forward. And I'm no, I'm nowhere near where I want to go. I trust me, need all kinds of work and I need to still be doing the work. And, you know, hopefully it's just improve a little bit every single day. You know, if I mm -hmm. take a step back, try to take two forward. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, yeah. Dude, that, that is what it is. It's like, 
we're never going to ever be fully there. At least I don't think so. And that's what it's like every day, just trying to be better than you were the day before, right? And we're that's if you right, if you take a, a step back, take two steps forward, and that's really crucial in the message because we're all going to stumble, right? We're all going to have our moments. We're mm-hmm. human, right? It just is mm-hmm. what it is, and it's not beating ourselves up about having those moments or thinking that we're worthless or unworthy. It's just being okay. It's all right. I, I'm aware that this happened. I'm human. That's okay. Now, what can I do to better myself and to make things mm-hmm. better? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That you're doing that. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, and and kind of back to what you were saying too, it's like, right, it was always in you. You just had to kind of find it again. Right. Because we are love. We are just mm-hmm. at our, I say this all the time, but it's like at our soul, at our core, at our being, we are just pure love. And that love is not anywhere outside of ourselves. It's nothing we have to go search and look for. It's just within us. And it's just remembering that is who we are and then connecting with it. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, just we're born out of love, right? Two humans coming together. Yeah. <laughs> and this one in a billion chance that you become you and then you come out. So, I mean, yeah. And at the end of the well, we want to be comfortable. We want to be happy. We want to... We want to have all these things. Humans and human nature, we don't like being uncomfortable, right? Mm. And sometimes choosing love is uncomfortable. It's like, why is this making me uncomfortable? What, what, let me dive into this a little bit more. Oh, I'm just afraid of this, or I'm worried about what people will think, or I might fail at this. Like, Just think about like what is the trigger or the fear in that moment and, and just realize, okay, it's, but we're going to get better on the other side. Yes. Yes, we'll get better on the other side. Oh, yes. Okay, Ruben. With the emotional intelligence that you had done years ago, um, what were some of those things that helped you kind of awaken into this place? And like, and what are some of the things that you're doing on like a weekly or daily basis to keep yourself in this vibration of love and to keep yourself with that you know more positive, positive, loving mindset? I think it's the overall action of taking responsibility. Uh, And it's hard. Trust me, I still pass the buck on so many things. (laughs) But I'm like, I got to take responsibility for that. Or what can I take responsibility for? And not pointing fingers at others and thinking, oh, that's for someone else to take care of. That was one of the tools. And then just realizing that nothing is permanent these conversations we have are normal and that we can interpret them one way or the other and we can shift in and out of our feelings. And it's okay to feel all those things. You know, if I'm feeling fat one day, I'm feeling fat. What am I going to do about it? If I'm feeling depressed, what am I going to do about it? If I'm tired, do I need more sleep? That could be a simple solution. So, so it's just acknowledging all that Mm. and that's really what it comes down to because, I mean, I vent. I vent to, to my guys on my team, little things that go off, but then I come right back to like, okay, let's figure this out. You know, mm-hmm. I get stressed out because we didn't hit a deadline or, or like we, production got pushed back or whatever the case is, but not dwelling in it, right? We used to brood and dwell on things right? for months. I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, that happened three years ago. Why are you still pissed <laughs> off about it? You know, it's like, if you can simmer in it, 
just make it real short, you know, get out of it quicker. Like, okay, well, that one wasn't meant to be. Let me get the next one. And then the next thing that may come may be even better and put you in a better position. Totally. Yes. It's like, so it's all about like mindfulness and awareness of yourself that you're doing, which is huge, right? And having those moments where it's okay to get like caught in something and to be a little negative in a moment to like, it's okay to feel the emotions of the world and, and, and Mm -hmm. of a, off of us experiencing a human life. And it's, so true. It's just not getting caught up in those and not letting those terrace down and be something that lasts months or years where we're still like pissed about it because that's affecting nobody but us. It's just hurting us in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we, and that's a huge thing that I'm working on every single day too is releasing and accepting, like surrendering and accepting to what's actually happening in reality. Um, Eckhart Tolle talks about this all the time. All of our pain and suffering is caused by resistance to what actually is. Mm-hmm. Or right. resist persists. Exactly. Exactly. And right in your situation too, missing a deadline, like it's okay to be like, all right, well, like what happened here? But then not stewing in that forever and like, okay, I was in that. I felt those emotions. Now what can we do moving forward? Yeah. And one of the biggest things too that you mentioned earlier in that um, that has really, really helped me is like taking responsibility right for things and not always passing the buck and just being like, okay, literally everything in my reality, I believe is like caused by me. Like the outer world is a reflection of my inner world. So if something crazy is happening on the outside world, I'm like, all right, well, I manifested this in some way. I had something to do with this. I don't need to beat myself up about it. So I understand that that is there. And like taking the responsibility to me is like so powerful. Right, because it's it's us who control our destiny. It's us who control our surrounding. It's not controlled by somebody else. And we're sad sitting in, sitting in the corner with no ability to have any impact or, or change or effect on what's mm-hmm. happening. It's like we have all the power to do that. Which to me, it's just like that is that has really helped me in just like my peace too. You know what I mean? In my own calmness and my own just like self-love. Just being like, okay, well, all right, I created this. Don't run from this. Don't blame it on somebody else too because that doesn't do anything good. And it's like by actually bringing your attention inward and realizing you do have something to do with this, that's how you're actually able to change it, right? Because if you're blaming someone else all the time, it's like, well, then you have to wait for them to to fix it and to make it better, which again, just removes the power and, and takes it from outside of us into the hands of somebody else. Yeah, giving your power away. I mean, when did that become a norm? really it's like being offended you can't really offend someone you can allow people to offend you and that's again a point of giving your power away exactly no (laughs) that is a hard concept to first hear or Mm -hmm. to hear before you've grasped it right it's like you could never right you can never offend me i can choose to be offended yeah Right, but a person can actually offend you. Me and my brother talk about that a lot. We're like, "Wow, like what? People get people get offended by things." And you, I used to be offended by lots of things. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Especially if you're sensitive already, right? If you're yep. sensitive, like, ah, oh, wow, I let that get to me because I'm sensitive. I'm already sensitive, so then I allow that to happen. And maybe it's not taking it in as an offense, but more taking it as like, why are you picking on me? Yeah. <laughs> why, you know, yeah. but it's, 
it's it's very interesting. That concept is so interesting because you can easily say, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I don't. Like those, those are your thoughts. It's it's really easy to answer it back, but we, we're just not practicing it. Totally. Right. It's like literally me and Ruben could be standing next to each other. You could say the same thing to each of us, whatever mean thing you wanted to say to us. And Ruben can choose to not be offended, mm-hmm. but I would be, I, I, I would choose to be offended. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it literally just shows you, and that example just shows you two different people can have two different experiences. It's not about what was actually said or done. It's about that person's interpretation and decision mm-hmm. on how they're going to act back to that thing. And it's cool, it's a choice because there's so much power in that too. Again, we're not mm-hmm. at the will of somebody else and their judgments or their views or their thoughts about us. It's like, it's it's just about us. Yep. That was a huge one for me when I realized it wasn't that I was choosing to be offended. That was like a, that was like a paradigm. Oh, change. totally. Yeah, that emoji. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, seriously. Uh, and Ruben, it, with, with your artwork, man, where do you see this going? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you feel like doing this forever. Um, I guess what are some of like the future plans, some of the goals, just your, you know, your, your vision of, of Ruben in this art world? You know, like I said earlier, I'm a big dreamer. So as far as vision, you know, it started out with murals. And there is a point, like I, I train hard every single day to keep myself physically healthy, healthy and try to lift 125, right? We've got the opportunity to try to live as long as we can by being healthy and making those choices. But I know I can't paint murals forever. So then what was next? Okay, let me paint canvases, right? Like what you see here. What's next? Oh, let's offer prints. And then we went into a clothing line. How do I spread this message even more? It was more about accessibility also at that point, because not everyone could come. Most of the murals are in LA because that's where I live. It's really easy to go drive to a wall and do it. But there are murals all over the world, but not everyone gets to see them besides Instagram. And I want them to see them because when you feel it and see it's a whole different ballgame than just a photo and the experience. And I know how people react to them. So making it accessible by wearing a love shirt and continue to expand that clothing line and those items and what's available, like water bottles and things like that. And then now sculptures. So sculptures have been a thing that been on my list for a few years, but 2020 was a year that like, okay, here the first two sculptures are out there and and I get another one and another one. And now like there's more conversations about sculpture and really bringing space out into the 3D world and like, yes, a wall is very powerful and you could drive by 40,000, 50,000 people depending where it's located. But now to also have a sculpture that occupies space and is holding that energetic space, like I think of the Chicago bean. You go there and I think that's an impressive bean. Like it's shiny. It's just awesome to look at and it's simple. But like, I'm like, I want to love one that big somewhere and it's going to occupy space and be where people go to to start getting that that feeling so that's where the vision is you know elon musk is going to call and say ruben let's take your art we're going to put the first love sculpture on mars and the first mural like um, keep putting it out there Uh, i want to design the olympic uniforms like imagine our country coming out in red white and blue like love jerseys from head to toe And it's not even about me. I don't care who, like, license the work, do something. But, like, that's a powerful way to come from, especially where our country is right now. I think it's – and it'd be be amazing because L.A. is going to have the Olympics in eight years, like, to just do it in my hometown too. 
so that that's so that's how it's going to continue to move forward and you know i want the the little love logo as as known and iconic as the nike swoosh and live through love to be on the same level as just do it mm. people just say hey just do it like nike they're going to be like live through love like ruben like that to me is like okay now it's really creating impact that's action that's a way of life that's something people are getting behind um, and that's it's beyond me. It's gotten way bigger than me at that point. Yes, man. Huh, I just visualize all those things and in visualizing them with the Olympics, with the with that being just as big as just do it, live through love. It's like not only did I picture those things, I imagined the reality that we'd be living in during that time, mm -hmm. right? Because when you take it to that level, and that's just now a part of culture and ingrained in people live through love like that's that's literally it's life-changing it trans it transforms the reality that we live in right now yes yeah. man keep visualizing keep manifesting that i'll be excited when i see it all yeah i keep putting it out there you know you keep putting it out there it's it's the only way it's going to happen a you're holding yourself accountable because you're telling all these people mm -hmm. but b someone's listening and the universe is listening, right? So it's it's tapped in. Exactly, so good. And then, uh, Ruben, the uh, the question I ask every uh, guest on the podcast. Um, so my goal in life, a spread love movement, is to shift the collective consciousness of the planet. Kind of like in literally that. That's why when you just said that, that like really took me to that consciousness. Um, but helping shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be in a place that is more love and more forgiving and understanding and vulnerable, um, one that's more empathetic, one that is just more together and that is more one. Like understanding that we are actually all one, we're in this together and we are nothing but love. So what do you feel like your plans for the future? What are you doing every single day in order to help in this beautiful shift of consciousness? Well, to tie into that, I, I kind of say like this mission is... I could say it's as grandiose as a world peace mission because it's the collective ripple effect. The more and more people doing it and their network and their network and their network. Imagine if everyone thinks this way, could we truly find some kind of world peace? And that's like the ultimate grandiose feeling behind it. Um, and just if more people just start living by example in the same moment, it's going to continue to create that ripple effect, right? What you're showing is very important in the sense that you turn on the TV, all you see is negativity. You go to your account and you see the good in the world, right? And you're showing like some of those, I cried at some of those videos. Like I'm like, oh, you know, and, and I know, and, and that's like, the, that's the emotion. Like that's really out there. So, that's really, you know, just amplify and connect with more people doing that is going to get us there together. And this isn't like a, a single man's mission. This is all of us. And, you know, I, I did a human mural and I painted human. And the whole point of that is like, I started taking my work apart. And I'm like, what if we just look at each other as a human? You're a human, I'm a human. Then build upon that. Every other label and thing that we add to it is just complicating diluting putting masks on blocks hiding all our things but like hey hey i see you you're a human what's your name oh justin nice to meet you oh you're a man awesome oh you're in a relationship oh you're a father oh you're you know and so on all that other stuff is that let me get to know you 
but let me be like human human cool what's next because mm. really i mean when you take away all of the labels and all of the crap we are we're just human mm -hmm. right we're the ones who put all all these these ideas and beliefs and stereotypes and all this stuff just piled one on top of the other more and more and more and it just dilutes like you said and just confuses things when in reality we're just one we're just we're human we're literally in this all together we're the, we're literally the exact same but we just choose to see each other differently even though it's and not I think reality. yeah and I think that's the ultimate unifier I don't think adding more definitions and labels and things is is being more inclusive I just think it's it's great to know. I want to know everything about a, a person, huh. but like, let's unify under the fact that we're humans. Yeah. And let's build upon that. Yes. And like kind of understanding those other things don't matter. They don't really matter as much. It's cool to write. Like you said, get to know somebody and understand who they are, but it's like, those should just be things that are just there that are in our awareness. Like you said, mm -hmm. so that we can just know you more, but those mm -hmm. shouldn't be the things that separate us. Or Correct. Differences between us. Yeah. And it was so good too, like you said, man, like leading by example again, like just coming back to that because I could not be a bigger believer in the leading by example in order to shift the consciousness of the planet. Mm -hmm. Yes, Ruben, man, I appreciate you so much. Before we uh, cut out of here, can you please let people know where they can find you online, on social media, so they can check out your artwork? Yeah, so you can find me under Ruben Rojas for almost everything. At Ruben Rojas is my Instagram, rubenrojas.com for my website. And uh, yeah, send me a message. I do reply to everyone. Sometimes it takes a while, but I do. And I love messages and reading people's messages. Yes. Listen, after you check out Ruben's artwork, you want to give him some love, don't hesitate. Shoot him a quick message. Uh, and also, where to find Ruben, I will put in the description of the podcast episode. Uh, so you guys can always go there to check it out as well. Ruben's artwork is fantastic. The fact that you are just pushing out love through your artwork, through visuals, is just like a whole nother dimension in order to get this message of love out there. So I encourage everyone to go check out Ruben. Check out his artwork. It'll make you feel great make you feel love. Definitely check out his site as well. Um, and everybody, I appreciate you so much in being here. This was uh, an awesome conversation. When we get to really just focus on love throughout the entire convo, those are always like the real special ones for me. Um, so Ruben, my man, again, appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Justin. You got it. Take care, everybody. We love you. We'll see you next time.